Good morning, First Baptist Church of Gray Gables, and happy homecoming to you. If you're watching this, I presume that you were not able to make our drive-in service, and that's okay. We want to make sure that you feel uh, safe and secure during this uh, difficult time, and so we want to provide an opportunity for you to hear from God's Word. And so, though this is technically on a Thursday, we'll be, uh, you should be watching this now on Sunday with us and knowing this is exactly the sermon you would have missed, okay? Um, if you would, turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1 with me. Uh, this, um, was, is, as we've said, has been unprecedented times. I know we'd originally planned for Brother Richie Allen to be here for our homecoming and preach this particular service. We're hoping he'll be able to come back in August. Uh, and so when I began to think about what to preach for our homecoming, as we've uh, been here 63 years now, many texts came into my mind, and, uh, but this one particularly, Colossians 1, chapter 1, verse 17, uh, continue to stick out because I think it applies to us as a church today and uh, the many memories and things we have to celebrate about Christ's sustaining power for his church. And also just during these days, these difficult, uh, unstable days, uh, I think this verse in particular really should be an encouragement to us uh, in, in times like these. And so if you have your Bibles open, look at Colossians chapter 1. We're going to look at one very, very small verse this morning and try and glean much from it. Chapter 1, verse 17. Read that with me. Colossians 1, verse 17. The Bible says, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord endures forever. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this, your word. Lord, even just this one verse has so much power in it. Help us to see that, uh, to submit to it, uh, and to rest in the truths that we find here. Father, apply it to our lives um, in a way that brings honor and glory to Christ, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So we have to understand the context of Colossians. Obviously, we're jumping right into a book here, and, and this um, book really was written to a group who's walking through something similar uh, to us, just unstable times. They're wrestling with all kinds of doctrines and fears, and, uh, and so Paul wants to make sure and make clear they know the supremacy of Christ over all, and that's really kind of the theme of this particular book. Well, where we're at in chapter one is that Paul has just finished in the first 16 verses uh, discussing how Jesus is Lord over the old creation, over everything you see in Genesis uh, chapter one, Jesus is Lord over that. And the verse we're examining verse 17 is really a transitional statement that prepares Paul to talk about how Christ is Lord over the new creation or redemption, salvation. It's a short verse, isn't it? Very clear uh, that we understand this very small verse. He's before all things and in him all things hold uh, together. But it lays itself out to a nice two-point sermon, doesn't it? Point one, he is before all things. Point two, in him all things hold together. Uh, and then what we'll do is after we look at those two uh, points very briefly, we'll begin to look at a, a bunch of application we have for that. So let's start with the first half of verse 17. The first thing we can examine here, this. He is before 
all things. Scripture is clear that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is pre-existent, meaning he is before all things. In Micah chapter 5 verse 2 it says, But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth from me to be ruler in Israel. His going forths are from long ago, from the days of eternity. That verse tells us that Jesus is pre-existent. He is before all things. As we looked at last week from John chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. In the beginning, we see and remember that he is the word, the one who created all things by him and for him, through him. So we see Jesus is preexistent. He is before all things. He's the creator of all things, visible and invisible, but he's also preeminent. I know that's a big word, but it's a word we need to understand. Jesus is preeminent, meaning he has rank over all things. He has rank over all things. Jesus holds a place of unequal rank in all of the universe. No throne, no angel, no ruler, no nation, no president, no anyone, no terrific person you have ever met is equal to him. He pre-exists the physical world and he pre-exists the spiritual world. Remember, the gospel message is the message of the one who has eternally existed and has rank over all. When we say we believe the, the hope of the gospel, it is the message of Jesus. But who is this Jesus? This is the Jesus we have hope in. He's the one who has eternally existed. He's pre-existent and he has rank over all things. He's preeminent. This is the one the message is about. So we see, first, he is before all things. And then second, we see that in him all things hold together. That's the second part of our verse. Uh, we know he created all things, visible and invisible. He created all things out of his sovereign power by speaking them into existence. That all things were made by him, through him, and for him. When the creation was called good and, and God rested, it was determined that there would be no more out of nothing creations. That was it. But what has he done since? What, what is his relationship to his creation since? Did he create and then withdraw? Did he create and, 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 and he just now sits and passively watches to see things unfold? No. He, he doesn't just withdraw. He doesn't just passively sit and watch and find entertainment there. No. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. And that phrase to hold together, it really, friends, it has deep meaning. It's something we need to give our attention to. It's saying that all things were brought into existence, all things were brought together by Jesus Christ, and they are still held together by him. It was brought into existence and all things held together by him. This is what we refer to as the Christian doctrine of providence. It's the Christian doctrine of providence, and to uh, explain what providence means, we can look at the Westminster Shorter Catechism definition, which is very uh, popular, and it says this, God's works of providence are his most holy, wise, and powerful, preserving and governing all his creatures and all their actions. Let me read that one more time for you. God's works of providence are his most holy, 
wise and powerful, preserving and governing all his creatures and all their actions. So the world's created by him and he in providence upholds it and keeps it. To hold together is to say he provides all that is needed for creation to continue to exist for what he created it to do. Everything. He's holding it all together. So how is the universe held together in him? Well, here are a couple things we can consider in this light. First, he holds all things together by his power. He holds all things together by his power. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says this, And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. The universe, the cosmos, does not exist by any other power and it is not dependent upon any other power to remain in existence. The universe is sustained by the power of Jesus, the same power he created it with, he upholds it with his power. Not only does he uphold it with his power, but he preserves the universe. The universe is upheld by his preservation. He keeps it from going non-existent. The only reason there is not a universe today is because Jesus is upholding it and preserving it. Were he to remove his power, he would not cease to exist, but the universe would cease to exist. He keeps it going. He doesn't just preserve it, though. He does so with wisdom. He upholds all things by his wisdom. He defines the parameters of, of how things work. He defines its purpose. What does this thing exist to do? What is this plant supposed to grow? It will grow this in this way, in the sun or in the shade. He determines it. He upholds it and he keeps the world in such a way that those things continue to happen. Not only that, he, he holds things together by giving men wisdom to know how to understand the world and how to live on this earth, his creation. So he sustains it, he has wisdom in how it's made, and he gives us common wisdom that we could live in the world and the boundaries that he has set for us. So farmer, farmers, lawyers, doctors, accountants, whether you're in finance or literature, anything you can think of, the things in the way the world is made, they are with wisdom. It has purpose. It has parameters. And men and women are allowed to know what that is. God upholds together this universe with wisdom and by his wisdom. But not just wisdom, also by his governance. By his governance, which means it's under his care. God is the one who sets the agenda for what is to happen. Without him, we have chaos but with him, we have a universe by his governance. Not only by his governance, but also by his supply. You recognize that, right? He is the supplier of all things. The sun, the moon, the rain, the dirt, the soil, the nutrients. He gives everything that is there. He gives it ability to produce Again, he gives that which men and women need to learn the supply that we need to produce things. He gives these things cohesion and stability, kept to ensure that everything is offered and, and operating as it's supposed to. Friends, the point of all this is that Jesus Christ is really the glue that holds all of reality together. 
So in summary, let's just recap our our verse here. Everything that exists, that continues, that operates, it doesn't do those things because that just happens to be what those things do. Why, Why do things just not stop? Why do they not fall apart and disintegrate? Because the Lord Jesus Christ upholds this universe by the word of his power. That leads us to some application. And there there are so many ways we can apply this particular text. And so I want to encourage you to look at some of these ways. First, this should lead us to give thanks and praise to our almighty Savior. This should lead us to give praise and thanks to our almighty Savior. This idea of creation... Making all things out of nothing and then holding all things together, keeping the world in order, keeping the world sustained. This is not just pure theological work. Providence is not something we just need to learn the definition of, jot it down, and then sign it off as just some word we know that is now in our vocabulary. No. There is is nothing... Uh, that we need to know more than the idea of, of applying God's providence, especially in this particular time. And applying God's providence always starts with his worship, with giving thanks and praise. Uh, we don't know that uh, simply just write this off as something to be true. But this is something that ought to humble us tremendously. Because it's not me that upholds the universe. We recognize that there is nothing in the universe that is upheld by me. It's Christ that does that. To say all of these things, to hear them, to read them, and to study them is to bring about worship in our hearts. It's to bring about a heart-wrought change, which is what gratitude is intending to do. As our hearts are filled with gratitude for what Jesus does and what he continues to do, it builds worship within us. It changes our heart and ultimately we praise him because all things are for him. He's keeping them for himself. So what do we pray and thank him for specifically? Well, we we pray and give thanks for the eternal and powerful creator, for just who he is. We give thanks that he is the one, the perfect matchless character of of Christ is the one who is our eternal and powerful creator. He he is the one, as Acts 17.28 says, he's the one in whom we live and move and exist. He reminds us that we are creatures, not the creator. We owe him worship. So it starts by just giving worship to the person of Christ, to our eternal and powerful creator. But not just because he makes the world, but because of the kindness he displays to his creatures. The fact that he gives us heartbeats. That he has made the human body in such a way that is unbelievably complex. It is held up and sustained by Jesus. The fact that he gives us food that actually grows. The fact that you can put a tiny little seed in the ground and if you do things the right way, it will actually produce something. Not only that, but it's actually good. He He gives us in his kindness the gift of taste. He could have made everything to taste like beets, right? 
I don't understand why he made beets to taste like that. Probably for some of the oddballs in this universe that actually liked them. But he made things with taste. That was very kind of him. He made colors. Not everything is in black and white. The, the ability that we have to see things in its vibrancy and its beauty, he did that. He made relationships. He made us not to exist alone. God has never not existed in a relationship. One God, three persons, unity and community, and he made us to be that way. That's a gift. He gives us that. He gives us morning and evening, which the universe needs. And then he gives seasons, or at least in most places, he gives seasons. He gives us rest. The fact that you and I can rest and go to sleep now listen, just if you think that you can sustain and uphold the universe, I will prove to you categorically that that is not the case. Because when you lay unconscious and wake up the next morning, everything has continued to be without you. Sleep is the great example that people do not uphold the universe. He could have given none of the things that he has given us, but he did. And he could take all of them away, but he hasn't. Think of that in the context. How much of life occurs and you think nothing of it? You didn't wonder if the sun was going to come up this morning. You probably weren't worried about that. We go through life not thinking of so many things that cause the universe to exist and unfold. And listen, I'm not correcting you for that. That's how he designed things. That we go on and forget such things. Every aspect of our reality, friends, it is upheld by Christ. So we creatures, this is true for everyone in the world, we ought to give thanks to God for his kindness and his personhood. But look, as Christians, we're to give thanks in an even more special and unique way. We're to give thanks because we have an understanding as Christians of the destroying power of sin. We have a unique understanding of the destroying power of sin. The truth is, our, our sin is heinous and wicked. What the world deserves is for Christ to let it go into non-existence because such sin is an affront to God who is holy and righteous. We don't deserve any of it. Sin, in its natural course, would wreck and destroy everything. And we would say, yeah, that, that is a consequence. That's a consequence we've earned. But it doesn't do that. So why does sin not wreck and destroy everything in this world? Well, because God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would have eternal life. That's how he doesn't let sin wreck and destroy this world. That's what humbles the Christian the most. That's what keeps the Christian in continued thanks and gratitude in all circumstances because we know what sin can do. Which leads us to the next reason why, why us as Christians have a special and unique way we give thanks and praise him because he's preserving for himself a people. He's the great redeemer who's preserving for himself a people. We know by the power of God in Jesus Christ to live, to die, to be resurrected and ascend is what holds the universe together because he is preserving a people for himself. 
Jesus Christ, the one of the gospels, he is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of all creation. He's the creator of all things, visible and invisible. He's before all things. He ranks over all things, and in him all things hold together. Why? Because all things find their end in Jesus Christ. All things are for him, and all things come to their end, find their purpose, find their point in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he's seeking to redeem a people for himself in this world, and he has a people for himself that he's calling in this world. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2 says, And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. He is preserving and keeping the world to create a people for himself. So we need to give thanks and praise to him as our great Savior. But friends, there's more application here. Our second application is we need to remember his ascension over all things is not only for the church, but for the Christian. What do I mean by that? His ascension over all things, his reign and rule over all things is not only for the church, but for the Christian. What I mean is, remember, he creates everything and he creates the particular. He's creating a people for himself and all that entails, but he's also calling you personally. It means if you are in Christ, Jesus died to redeem and to save his church, yes, but he also died for you. He shed his blood for you. You are not lost in the collective. You are part of the collective. He did not come here to simply live and create a nameless, faceless people. He lived righteously under the law on behalf of the church and on behalf of you if you're trusting him by faith. He died on the cross and suffered the wrath of God so that you personally would not have to. He shed his blood taking your sins and the consequences that were due your sins. He gives his righteousness to his people so that we would be called righteous and he does so so that you would be called righteous. He was resurrected to defeat and break the chains of sin to give eternal life to all of his people from every tribe, tongue, language, and nation and specifically and personally for you. Friends, his ascension over all things, his reign and rule over all things, is, it's not only for the church, it's for the Christian. And think about this. The world doesn't burst apart and end because Jesus holds all things together. The whole and the particular. He holds the cosmos together and he holds you together. That's the entire point of the book of Colossians. I want you to think about that in the context of our church. We're celebrating today homecoming. And you know who we celebrate when we're celebrating homecoming? Jesus Christ. Listen, we would fail. We would be a big time failure if we considered and thought that we existed in Callahan for 63 years for any other reason than other than the Lord Jesus Christ has held us and sustained us together. That's the point of this, is the only reason we have to celebrate is because of the upholding of Christ, our great sustainer. And so we give thanks and praise to him, yes, but we also recognize his continued work. Look at our third application here. Our third application is we need to recognize the foundation of your stability. This leads right into what we're saying next. We need to recognize the foundation of your stability. We've had, friends, some pretty unstable times in our church history. 
And I know a lot of people, we don't like to talk about those. They happen, but friends, God, God has been our foundation and we need to recognize him, the Lord Jesus Christ, as our, our foundation, as our one and only stability. I think that's when God has blessed our church the most. The Apostle Paul was writing, by the way, to a people who, whose stability is threatened. And if you recognize anything even in our, our culture right now, you know your stability can be threatened, right? Uh, do you feel stable right now? Does the world feel to you stable? <laughs> your stability can be threatened. So what, what threatens stability? Well, difficulties, hardships, setbacks, disappointments, things just not going like you planned them, right? The setbacks that come, you have this thing planned for the spring and even the summer, but the coronavirus has come and ruined it all. Whatever it is, these things cause us to feel unstable. And when we feel unstable, the temptation is to search out other things to help. And really to say it very specifically, to search out other things that will hold our lives together. Because our lives feel like they are going to fall apart. The temptation is to now seek out things that will hold our lives together. When difficulties, disappointments, and setbacks come, your stability is threatened and you're tempted to look for something to hold it all together. Let me just ask you, what is that thing? Is it a person? Is it personal success? Is it appearance? Is it money? Is it food? Is it entertainment? Is it pleasure? Is it reputation? How another person feels about you? What are the things that you have that you say, this holds my world together? And if that's the case, what of those things, if you lost it, would cause you to say, my world isn't being held together? That's a temptation for all of us and we're facing it now. But friends, the reality is the answer is still true. There is no salvation, there is no sanctification, and there is no sustainment outside the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus, there is salvation, there is sanctification, there is sustainment of the universe and even your life personally. If you are in Jesus, then friends, he is the only one that holds all things together. And we have to recognize that. He not only he sustains us in the circumstances of life, he sustains us in, in every circumstance of life. When your world and life feel like they are hanging on by a thread, you will never lose the one who holds all things together if you're resting and trusting in Christ. If you've given your life to Christ, then you will never lose the one who has the entire world in his hands. Forgiveness of sin, it's never lost. God's love is never gone. The hope of heaven now and the hope of heaven for the future, they are always yours in Christ Jesus and nothing can rattle that. By his sustaining power, you are given everything you need to sustain your life in every circumstance because he holds all things together and he has given his life to ensure that you can have the peace with God and the peace of God. More so, you don't just get sustained in this life only. You get everything to sustain you in death itself as well. You get everything to sustain you in death itself. Listen, death is the great consequence of sin. Death tells us that we would be separated from God for all eternity. 
Death is something that each of us uh, ponder, we consider, we contemplate, and we're never really comfortable with. But by his resurrection, we're assured that everything we need to sustain us, even though death itself is given and it's ours, the, 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 the power of death is released from us. The sting of death is taken from us. We given everything we need to sustain us. That's how the Apostle Paul put it in Romans chapter 8. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, from before you were conceived, through your conception, through every part of your life, Jesus Christ has and will sustain his people. He'll sustain his people to ensure that all his people and you personally will reach your ultimate end in him. That's where you find your rest. That's where you find your joy in, in the, the in unstable times that we're experiencing. That's where you find your rest and your joy. Psalm 1611 says, you will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. Therefore, how should we live? I've just got one more application for you. It's this. Pray. We should pray. And, and you can do a lot of other things. We could spend a lot of time on that. But I'm, I'm just encouraging you right now. Pray. Uh, through the blood of Jesus, you can come into fellowship with the divine sustainer of the universe. And this is why this is so important, friends. When you pray, you are talking to the one person who can do anything about your circumstances. The one person in all of the universe that can do anything about this as he sees fit and is not bound by anything other than his own will, desires, and plans. That's the one you're praying to. The one who designed our circumstances. You're talking to the one who is in full control of all things. When you are in prayer, you are in the best possible position with the best possible one you could be seeking out in that time. Psalm 73, verses 23 and 26 say this, Nevertheless, I'm continually with you. You've taken hold of my right hand. With your counsel, you'll guide me and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail and they will fail, friends. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That promise is yours in Christ Jesus who upholds and sustains all things. So, so one more point in this application of prayer. How should we pray to them? How should we pray to him then? Well, friends, you should meditate on his wisdom, sure. His love, his grace, his goodness, his holiness, his character. Yes, meditate on those things. But quite simply, if I had to, had to put it like this, in unstable times, let me tell you what to do. In the times where we're at right now, which feel unstable, let me encourage you with this simple command. Just unburden your heart to him. Just unburden your heart to him. I guarantee you, because he holds all things together, his shoulders are strong enough for your burdens. He can take it. Unburden your heart to him and tell him like the psalmist, this is what's going on. This is what I'm fearful of. This is why I'm sad. This is everything. Unburden your heart to him. He can take it. I promise. When you don't know what to pray, 
then just pray his word back to him. Lord, you are my shepherd, I shall not want. So however I need that, give it to me. In you, Father, all things hold together. So please uphold my life. Please uphold uh, the life of this person to do these things. And friends, to close, do you know what happens when we do that? When we unburden our heart to our strong Savior, you get exactly what you want. You may not know that you want it, but it's exactly what you want because you get intimacy and fellowship with the God of the universe. You'll get sanctification into the image of Jesus. Friends, the longing of the heart that, uh, of God is that he's conforming us to, to want to be with him and to want to be conformed to the image of his son. Those are the two great wants for the Christian, and it's what Christ wants for us. And friends, when we go and unburden our heart to Christ, it's what we get. Ah, oh, man, I, but I wanted money. Yeah, me too. But what else do we want? We want that money to give us something. That's why we want money. We want that money to give us security or hope or freedom, yes. But what the gospel does is the gospel is coming in and saying, good news, you are getting everything you think money will provide for you in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you get it to the fullness of his satisfaction. You get everything that you need in the one who controls the universe and who in him all things hold together. Friends, we've been here 63 years because Christ has held us together. We, we are still surviving in this unprecedented, unstable time. And it's because of one reason and one reason only. Because in him all things hold together. Does that not stir up praise and gratitude in your heart? It ought to. Praise God. Praise God for his work. Praise him for his character. Let's go to him in prayer now. Father, we thank you. We thank you that Colossians 1, 17 exists, that you were before all things. You're preexistent, preeminent. And Father, in you, all things hold together. Thank you, Father, for that. Help us live in that reality now as we go about each day, especially in these unprecedented times, Father. Help us uh, feel and know we're sustained by our great Savior. Father, help us to unburden our hearts upon you. Lord, because you can take it. Your shoulders are strong. You desire for us to do that. Lord, help us apply this text as you see fit. Help us grow from it and help us, Lord, grow in our relationship with you. And Lord, help us be conformed even more to the image of your son. Lord, thank you for First Baptist Church of Grey Gables. Thank you for the 63 years of work that you've done here. And thank you that you've held us together and you continue to hold us together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church family. Hope you have a wonderful week. God bless.